0: You're listening to an airwave media podcast. Over seven million different animals inhabit our planet.
1: amazing iconic animals like the sea turtles and and what's happening to them. And people are starting to pay more attention. and so hopefully
0: what can they teach us? green sea turtles can stay down as long as five hours
1: how this is nuts that's
0: what their their listen to this their heart rate slows many species are in crisis and need your help join the movement at allcreaturespod.com Welcome to All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris.
1: And I'm Angie.
0: Happy holidays, Angie.
1: Happy holidays.
0: <laughs> I see your Christmas tree in the background.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> this, is,
0: this is what I get to listen to before we record, after we record. She just sings. It's why how I, we
1: record. Well, it's, it's to help get the frogs out of my throat. It
0: is. Warm, I know. You have, a, the, you have To a,
1: warm up the chops.
0: Definitely a better singer than I could ever be, you know. Have you seen *A Star Is Born*?
1: No, that is a great
0: movie. It is a good movie. People go see that. Lady Gaga. I was not a fan before. If she listens, Lady Gaga, I love oh, you. She's
1: awesome. Yeah, I've always been a after fan. After that
0: movie, oh,
1: I people. I've heard people even talk about maybe like winning a, you know, an uh, Oscar. Know. Yeah, an Oscar or one of those oh, one of those awards. She so. deserves
0: it. Yeah, she deserves it. She blew me away.
1: Okay, I'll put it on my bucket list for sure. Yeah.
0: She blew me away. I mean, Bradley Cooper was amazing too. He's he took him like I don't know two years.
1: Yeah, he's not hard on the eyes either.
0: No, no, she's not either. I mean, <laughs> I she's really? beautiful too.
1: Yeah.
0: But jeez, dude, I am telling you, I walked out of that movie and I was like, wow, wow, that was a good surprise. Okay,
1: surprise. excellent. There
0: you go. Anyways, I bring that up because you're singing. But this episode has been requested quite a bit. You've been dying to do these these animals oh, for quite a while. Oh, it's been
1: on my bucket list since I don't know. With it, once I months, yeah, for a, more than months, a long, long time. Yes, yes, it's a. Uh,
0: I just don't know why it took us so long to get to them. I don't know. We just have so many, so many to cover. But sea turtles, sea turtles, sea turtles.
1: Well, exactly. We're we're saving one of the ba- best for last in 2018, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Year two. We're entering year two.
1: Well, I think it's a great time too to be highlighting the sea turtle uh, as they've been in the media a lot as people are starting to become more aware of things that are happening in our oceans and things, therefore the trickle down effect of what's happening to the animals, especially the great, magnificent, amazing, iconic animals like the sea turtles and, and what's happening to them. And people are starting to pay more attention. And so hopefully this podcast For those of you out there that have wanted to know more about sea turtles or might know somebody who wants to know more about sea turtles, stay tuned because it'll definitely be um, a fun podcast, an informative podcast, and uh, an informative podcast in that these guys are really struggling. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, Mm -hmm. why we wanted to highlight them as well. So um
0: yeah for sure i mean i you know shout out to joanne from south africa she's the latest that's requested it had a few other people thanks joanne yeah yeah (laughs) she uh she posted on on our facebook page and shared some stuff the you know that just for us real quick housekeeping please share these episodes if you can this is the year angie and i really need to Pick up steam. We want to do this for years and years and years. We, yeah,
1: we don't want we real talk. jobs, but I no. have, to, I'm having them right now. And so yeah, the, the poor podcast is getting like put on the back burner because of all these little side jobs I'm doing. So help us not have real jobs. <laughs>
0: yes, kidding. we would. Just this kidding. would no, be our no, job. No,
1: it's not about us. It's actually about the animals yeah. and about getting people excited and. Everybody we know has a favorite species, whether they're a bird nerd like myself, mm-hmm. or obviously today we're covering reptiles, which are super, mm-hmm. let alone ones that swim in the ocean. So pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And or mammals with hooves and horns or really anything. So everybody knows somebody that likes some type of animal and that would benefit from listening to this podcast or maybe maybe clips of this podcast maybe not all of our yammer yammering um and then also too the website's beautiful and chris does an amazing job so even if you don't have time to check out let's say the whole sea turtle podcast because you have a short commute uh Mm -hmm. you could just go to the to uh www.allcreaturespod.com and chris has all the main highlights of All the links Mm -hmm. that you should check out and, of course, fun factoids and great conservation organizations that are uh, helping the species out. So there's lots of different routes. Like, we're not just a one-trick pony, are we, Chris?
0: No. No, no. We're trying to expand a little bit. (laughs) So you know it just helps us you know and if you haven't please rate the podcast on any app you use or on iTunes it just helps us and we just we just really 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 thank you cuz we do we need to keep fighting for these animals
1: absolutely absolutely we need we need to spread the message that it's not just us 7 billion people on the planet that we share it with a lot mm. of other amazing critters that uh deserve our time and our energy and as we discuss in this podcast Stick with us um towards the end, but we are going to s- discuss some of the threats and issues and problems with the sea turtle populations and why the numbers are plummeting. And this one, Chris, is like really mm. human's fault, like a thousand percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. uh and maybe it might not be you or me, but we all do a little polluting here or there. And so I think we can all try to, so we could all try to work together and- support some of these amazing conservation organizations that are out there doing the work and just let people know why they should care about the oceans. So stick with us and I promise you're going to want to save a sea turtle, okay? That is... Our hashtag, I don't even know if we do hashtags, what a hashtag is, if I could even find it on my phone. <laughs> you,
0: that's better than that one you came up with. I don't even remember what episode it was, but it was like 50 words long, hashtag, da 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 yes. da And I'm like, that's not how they work.
1: Yes. Uh, moms my age should not be hashtagging. I think that might be a, a rule. Uh, mom brain. Mom brain. Yeah. And I'm uh, not good yeah. at hashtagging, not very clever. But this hashtag of Save a Sea Turtle is really important, Chris, because it's become my new saying for pretty much any consumer good that involves plastic that is a suplurfeous. Is that a word? Suplurfeous? Uh,
0: it is now. <laughs> it is now. John
1: corrected me. I know I'm saying that wrong. But any plastic that you don't need, like from a grocery store, uh, mm-hmm. I say to the checkout clerk when they ask me if I want a bag or whatever... Um, I say, no, thank you. Save a sea turtle. And I will tell you, I wish I could say I came up with it. I, I, actually, a clerk at a store said that to me. Uh, and, but I want the whole world to be saying that when they have an a- option to not use plastic, to not get to go silverware, plastic silver, to not right. get plastic chapsticks, to not have 14 million. For instance, recently we got our Christmas tree, uh, a few weeks ago and they, here in the states, I don't know if they do this in other countries, but when they package up your Christmas tree to put it in or on your car, they put plastic around it, like netting mm-hmm. plastic netting and I, it keeps it the the tree the diameter of the tree down. That's all well and good. But the minute you get home, you just cut that plastic off and it's not the kind you can recycle. It's not like a a soda bottle or some or milk jug. So it goes right in the trash. Which either goes in the landfill or sometimes ends up in the ocean, and sometimes sea turtles end up eating it. So, I said to the gentleman that was about to pack up my tree, I said, "Sir, can we just put it in my car without plastic? Like the needles are going to fall all over the place anyway." And he looked at me like I was a little bit out of my off my rocker, like a, <laughs> some hippy dippy. But. Yep. I then I said to him, I was like, I was like, you know, man, save a sea turtle. I don't need this plastic. And his heart, Chris, his—I could see in his face, his face softened and his like heart melted. And he was like, "Yeah, Yeah. man, right on." And he like jammed (laughs) that Christmas tree in my Honda Element and and was like, "Yeah, great idea." And so it's little things like that where you might think you're awkward for saying no thank you i don't want that or i don't need that but then if you bring up sea turtles with save a sea turtle mm-hmm. it really like lightens the mood soften it gets people thinking okay it gets that right it gets that What, which is what you and i do every week when we get together it gets the conversation started it gets you out of your routine it gets you thinking about ways i mean basically it's the way we grew up or our parents grew up there wasn't Christmas trees weren't wrapped. Everything wasn't individually plastic, this plastic, that. So maybe we are a little going, you know, maybe we need to go back to, the, to our roots. But in the interim, just say, save a sea turtle.
0: Right, right. And that's, you know, that's really what this episode's about is, you know, how they're so amazing. I mean, these are... Very popular animals on earth. They're located pretty much all over earth. Mm-hmm. They're pop- popular in culture. T-shirts, you see them. I see bumper stickers. In Florida, you have that license plate, tattoos. I mean, people love sea turtles. They're amazing. They're oh, mystical. Yeah.
1: Oh there's so and I've had the luxury of being able to uh see them in the wild uh, um uh, just snorkeling on a reef off of the Big Island of Hawaii mm-hmm. and I think it was a green sea turtle but I'm not 100% cuz I I didn't have my little handy dandy guide with me at the time mm-hmm. but yeah just, but just floating in the water with them and I've seen them in the Caribbean as well uh it's just, it's just life changing. You're like, yeah. that, it's, it's incredible. And they're just a well-loved animal and we need to keep them around. Yeah. So I'm, so my, so our kids can be snorkeling sometime and perhaps see one. Right. I mean, right, right, um, right, yeah. They're, yeah, they're
0: really, they're really great. They're really and great. And they've been
1: around and you'll, co- you'll cover an evolution, but yeah. they've been around for like millions, millions of years. So long time,
0: want... long, long, <laughs> yeah. long, 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 long time. It's a good story. It's a good story. So, there's seven different species of sea turtle. We're going to cover them and and some of their similarities. So, this episode's general sea turtles, and then when there's something specific to a species, we'll cover that. Now, you're going to stay tuned. At the end, Angie, do you know this fact? Sea turtles cry, and they're probably crying a lot right now, you know? I was going to say,
1: yeah, (laughs) swimming around all that plastic, and they're like, geez. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, we'll cover why. Why do sea turtles cry? So it's interesting. That's I, I like was a country intrigued.
1: song in the <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they're really, their physiology is really cool. Like I can't wait to get some of this. It's, it's really amazing. Now we did cover the alligator snapping turtle, which is mm-hmm. a freshwater turtle. Um, so again, I guess that's kind of why we, we pushed sea turtles back a little bit because we did, did cover one, you know, I don't know, it was like 20, 30 pods ago. But I did cover it there and I'll cover it here. The difference between a turtle versus a tortoise. And, you know, the, the difference is turtles generally spend most of their life in water where tortoises spend most of their life on land. Tortoise shells are usually more dome shaped. They, their feet are definitely different than tortoises. They're short and sturdy and bent, whereas turtles have web feet. Right. So there, there's, you know, the tortoise mainly plants. Few are omnivores, whereas turtles can be herbivores. They can be carnivorous omnivores. So we'll cover that a little bit in this episode. Um, really interesting diets. But the easiest way, I think, is just tortoises are in land, turtles are in water. Fresh or salt. You know, that's a good way to just generalize uh, the differences. Now, the sea turtles, you know, I, I think the easiest thing to say, Angie, is they're turtles with fins. Right yes. and yes. and their shells are a little bit more streamlined, you know, longer, streamlined.
1: Yeah, I think with a sea turtle, it's like a majority of their body is protected by the shell.
0: Yeah, and they of the seven species, six have hard shells, except the huge one, the leatherback, which is amazing, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a softer shell, but it's leathery. And they're mm-hmm. huge. They're huge. They get up to six and a half feet or six feet and weigh almost 1,300 pounds.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Definitely haven't seen one of those. That is on the no. bucket list for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I'm, I'm sitting at my dining room table and I'm like, okay, that must be like my dining room table.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm looking at my bed you know, and recording in my office and I'm like, holy smoke it's as long as that (laughs) bed. Jeez,
1: because my feet hang
0: off so you know yeah they're huge leatherbacks are huge
1: and i think it's important too to note that the um one difference too is that with sea turtles they don't they don't retract their head back into their shell no they can't
0: they can't Mm -hmm. so it's you know when we get to predators you know it's it's yeah, they don't really have it like another turtle or even a tortoise that can pull into their shell and use that shell as protection and their legs and hard outer skin. The, the sea turtles can't. So, right. you know, like I know tiger sharks like to eat sea turtles and they can chew through them. And so they lose fins and stuff like that. Okay. The, the, the hard scales or on the back of their, their shells are called shuts. And it's so the cute. way they, they shoot, shoots? Skute, yes. Okay. Scutes some Wisconsin thing. It's <laughs> that's Wisconsin. Um, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all of our friends in Wisconsin. We love you. But they determine the size, the order, and the total. That's how they kind of tell between the species. And also colors, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So depending on the species, it can be olive green, yellow, reddish brown, black, I think greenish brown.
1: Gorgeous, uh, more gorgeous, yeah. extra gorgeous,
0: yeah. cute. Right. <laughs> yeah, very, very. And adult males are not any bigger than females, right? About the same size. hmm Right. Okay. So the seven species, can you name them all? Ready? Go.
1: Leatherback, that's the unique one. Yeah. We'll talk about a little yeah. hi- highlights there. Um Loggerhead.
0: Yeah.
1: Green. Yep. Yeah. Kemp's R- Ridley. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um am getting close. F- flat yeah. Flat flat back or
0: Yep. Yep. Flatback. You probably have it right in front of your face. Don't no, you? I don't.
1: I, I have that aside. Okay. I like to see okay. how much I, of the stuff okay. when I'm studying it. It's like good. A quiz. Good. And two more. Olive.
0: Olive. It's just like Kemp's. Ridley. Yes. And then um, I wonder
1: how fa- he must be mm. a famous person. He has two sea turtles yeah. named after him.
0: Yeah. Um. It's a bird of prey. Bill.
1: Hawksbill, thank you. Yeah,
0: good job, man. It's awesome. <laughs> Jeez, I would, I've gotten three.
1: <laughs> I would have gotten well, three seven. I, I uh, preparing for this pod has been so much fun. I have been really mesmerized by like kind of all the different seven of them, and and just we don't have time in this pod to go into all the details of each one. But for me, being the dork that I am. Like oh, where do they live, and what are the differences, and right. and kind of quizzing myself on what I think I maybe saw in Hawaii or what I think I might have seen in the Caribbean. So, and then basically making sh- I want to know the seven species. So if I'm ever in the water again and I see a sea turtle, I want to be darn certain that I know which species you know? it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're cool. They are cool. The obviously the leatherback's the biggest. We said six feet, almost. I saw thirteen hundred pounds. Kemp's Ridley's the, yeah, the I smallest. I think I saw like
1: 1500 pounds somewhere. So yeah.
0: Yeah. They're big. They're big. The Kemp's Ridley is the smallest, you know, one and a half to two feet, way up to 100 pounds. So, um, you know, that, and then they range in between that, uh, that size. Now you said range, Angie. They, you know, I, trying to look at the seven species, they all are like equatorial mostly.
1: Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, basically it's, they yeah. can be found in oceans, except polar yeah. regions.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, where it's like super cold.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. The, I mean, basically, the flatback is found solely in the northern coast of Australia, and the mm-hmm. Kemp's Ridley is over here by me, found solely in the Gulf of Mexico, and then and then it swings up the east coast of the United States.
0: Right. But there's not that but many. But most of them, the other so. ones. <laughs> I know. That's the, that's the sad part. Yeah. 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 Leatherbacks all around the world. Loggerheads all around the world. Green sea turtles all around the world.
1: You Literally, know. when you say all around yeah. the world, they migrate. All around yes. the world. They ride we'll get currents. there. We'll, yeah, get, we'll there. get there. So.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, Nemo. Every, most everybody saw Finding Nemo. You know, it was yes. Crush, the sea turtle. And it was like, they were on the, in the, the stream going down to mm-hmm. Sydney, you know, whatever, something, something. Oh, what was the, what was Mar, uh, what was the fish saying? Something way. I forgot the name of the street. Somebody knows it. I haven't seen the movie in a few years, but, you know, he was like, da 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 da, Sydney, you know, given the address. And so oh, he jumps funny. on the gold screen. Yeah. Tree. Yeah, they have a good yeah, memory. Good move. yeah, good movie, good movie. All right, and why care about sea turtles? Not just because we love them.
1: <laughs> I was to say cute, mm-hmm. cute, cute. Uh, yeah. Well, Chris, from a from a scientific point of view, they fill a couple ecological niches, and we'll touch on it more in nutrition. But they play a key role in oceans and also in beaches and dunes in the ocean. A lot of sea turtles, especially the green sea turtle, um, are one of the few species that actually eat seagrass. Another one we covered was the manatee, so check out that, mm-hmm. that episode if you haven't uh, listened to our manatee episode and our amazing interview with Jonathan. Yeah. He was our manatee specialist, so that's a fun one. That gets a lot of hits still this day. Uh, yeah,
0: he's one of the few people on Earth that know manatee repro. Like it amazes me talking to Jonathan. Like yeah, he,
1: yeah,
0: he's a, there's one of like ten people on Earth that know anything about them. So it's really cool.
1: Yeah, and we need to get him over the sea turtle uh, research because as I was studying them, I find out that spoiler alert, we don't know a ton about them as well. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but anyways, with that being said, a lot of the sea turtles, especially uh, green turtles. Eat seagrass and it's really important because this grazing helps maintain the health of the seabeds. And it also provides these seabeds provide like good breeding and developmental grounds for other marine mammals. So without them and many, many species down the chain would have detriments to their breeding and overall life cycle if it wasn't for the sea turtles maintaining their home in the grass beds. And and then additionally, which we'll talk about a lot in life cycle and reproduction, but I'm sure most people are familiar with the fact that sea turtles lay their eggs on the beach shores. They dig holes and lay eggs. And more details to come as a pod progresses, but beaches and dunes are, are really a fragile habitat that provide a lot of protection against erosion, right? For houses and things for humans. Well, it, the eggs, and this is a little bit of a sad story um, that we'll talk about a lot today, is that not all baby sea turtles make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all eggs hatch, and then not all sea, baby sea turtles are able to get into the water quick enough. But nature... Being cyclical, um, everything has a purpose is the turtles and the eggs themselves that don't make it actually can provide a lot of nutrient sources to the dune vegetation that grow on it. And therefore the vegetation of the dunes grow better and they prevent erosion. So from an ecosystem role, they play a lot, you know, a lot of key factors for things that we care about. And from an economical point of view, for if you're a numbers guy or gal, which I think a lot of our legislation and political people are, well, why should you care about sea turtles? Because of money, money, money. Like my dad always said, when it's not about the money, it's about the money. So for instance, there's a really famous beach town on the Pacific coast of uh, northern Costa Rica. So shout out to any of our Costa Rican fans. I don't think we've had any Costa Rican hits yet. I don't know. We will, I don't, maybe we'll after this, yeah. we will after this podcast because there's a city there called Tortuguero, which is famous for sea turtles coming to ha- um, lay their eggs and hatchlings swimming out to the ocean. In fact, this town transitioned into a place that basically sold turtle meat and shells. They knocked all that stuff off and they transitioned to a pure tourism industry. And it's considered to be the founding location of sea turtle conservation. And basically since the creation of about a like a 22 mile stretch of beach, uh, they have generated a lot of interest in sea turtle conservation, which is huge, right? Education, educating people is huge. But then also that money, that, that interest and that education has translated into dinero, into dollars, right? And, and tourists go there by hordes and just love it and spend money and the local economy has flourished because of it.
0: Right. As
1: well, as well have the turtles in that area. So I think when things like that are considered, uh, they, you know, if there's no more sea turtles, that town's going to go under, right? That's what they base their economy on. So with the sea turtle being such an iconic and well loved animal I, there are tons of people out there that want to see them and protect them so i think there's there's already money being generated in this and i think there's potentially a lot more that could be generated if there was if we if we can actually save them right so that's why we're going to be talking about a lot of conservation groups today and i'll be giving them shout outs and telling you to go spend your money there your holiday money um, because they're the ones that are helping keep these guys alive
0: Uh, What I got out of that was go to Costa Rica. (laughs) I've heard Costa Rica is amazing and a lot of ecotourism down there. No, and so it's
1: so it's so this pod always makes me like want to kick myself sometimes because I've been to Costa Rica twice, Chris. Yeah, and I did not. It's it is it's pretty. It's from where I mean Costa Rica is a small country, Mm. but I have my favorite parts of Costa Rica, and so it always seemed like too far to go up that way. Because it is, like I said, in the, uh, you usually land in the capital and that's in the center mm-hmm. of the, of the country. And so I just, I, yeah, but now I'm, okay, now I got to go back, but I've been wanting to bring John's never been. And I think Costa Rica is a fabulous country that has, I kind of want to move there a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. just buy, buy a little hut and just live out, you know, live my life out peacefully. But it's a fabulous country and they are, they, their ecotourism, not only for sea turtles, but their whole economy has shifted in the past 20 to 30 years based on ecotourism for a lot of the beautiful, uh, rainforest and jungles that they have there. The Poison dart are,
0: frogs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. a
1: cause, uh, yeah. holler monkeys. I monkeys, remember waking yeah. up and hearing holler monkeys. It's just incredible. And so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Costa Rica and, um, I have my favorite town is, is ever. Is in Costa Rica, and my my close friends know that if I ever ever run away from life, they know where they can find me in Costa Rica. In Costa um, Rica
0: or South Africa? Because I was just telling somebody yesterday about the Rhino Orphanage and how you were going to oh, run that's off there.
1: True. Yeah, i have <laughs> You're going to be well.
0: i going to be in South Africa, and I'm going to be okay. up in Kenya at the Elephant Orphanage.
1: <laughs> I know. So. Okay, so now I got to think about so. If I run away from life, I will spend six months and six months. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I will spend my winters in South Africa at the rhino orphanage. Uh And I will spend my winters in my secret town that I can't give the name, uh, in Costa Rica. (laughs) It's not, it's not, it's not Totuguero, but it might be now because I've never been. So. Okay. Okay. Well, to,
0: to add on to that, to Mm -hmm. why care? Jumping into evolution, and again, yeah, I covered it briefly with snapping turtles, but you know, turtle evolution, you know, tortoise evolution spans over two hundred and twenty million years. That's
1: these, incredible, Chris. Yes,
0: these are ancient, ancient creatures that are that are still walking the earth. So, anytime you see one of them, realize their ancestors have lived. For over 200 million years I mean just so they're
1: basically they're basically dinosaurs you're yes
0: telling me. well they lived in that age they're not dinosaurs per se you know the reptiles but yeah I mean they they were evolving with dinosaurs at the time and they just oh they're just incredible so sea turtles specifically reading up on some of this some of the science behind sea turtle evolution, or turtles in general, they are one of the most successfully evolutionary adapted animals on earth because they have survived so much and they've thrived. Now we're wiping them out. You know, that's what, that's what breaks my heart. You know, these animals have survived the fifth mass extinction, Angie. These turtles and crocodiles are the two species that, that, that did just okay. Fine. You know, I'm sure Mm -hmm. some of their species got wiped out and whatnot, but Overall, those two animals did just fine during the last mass extinction, and now here in the sixth, chances are they may not survive, which is insane. Ugh. The yeah, I know sea turtles specifically date back at least one hundred fifty million years, where they have found evidence in our good old friend Dr. Mesa's home country of Colombia. Ah, yes, and, yes. So they found fossils in there that ancient. But what I read was crazy. These are why they're ancient turtles. They're not primitive turtles, meaning they have yet to find the ancestors that are even older. So, you know, that's why they think 220 million years, which is insane. It's insane. Insane. So they have evolved a long time now. All right, Angie. So of the seven species, there's two different clods. There's the chelonidae, which is the six of the seven. So you have the, the Loggerhead, the Kempston, Olivia, Olive, Ridley, the Hawksbill, Flatback, and Green Turtle. Then the Leatherback is in Dermocheladay. And okay. that, they made that split almost a 100 million years ago. So leatherbacks. A hundred on million
1: um, years yes, ago. Yes. Yes. That's it's, crazy.
0: And again, this is all genetics, right? So all genetic background stuff. So just oh my goodness, uh, nuts. The the six of the seven pretty much split out about forty, fifty million years ago. So after the, the fifth mass extinction, they've that's when they've kind of separated out. The the latest split is between the Kemp's and the olive, and that was over thirty five million years ago. So nuts! I mean, just nuts, nuts, nuts with it. Now, the species name I just picked l- loggerhead and leatherback. The you know loggerhead is one of the more popular ones in the United States. Uh, that's the one that was down near Florida. So they're Coretta Coretta. The leatherback is uh, Dermochelys coriacea. Coriacea. Very I'm good. Saying yes, that a wrong. plus.
1: No, that I was, don't think so.
0: Yeah. And it's it's the largest <laughs> turtle ever. So this is. Leatherbacks, ah. hands down, biggest turtle in, in the world. Six hundred kilograms, thirteen hundred pounds. That's huge, enormous, That's crazy. yeah, yeah, just just big. With that being said, can you guess the smallest turtle in the world? I know you don't know the name, Ooh, but like guess the size. A baby size. turtle? Yeah. What's the Let's size? just talk
1: about baby turtles for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> this the adult <laughs> looks like a baby turtle. How big? Aww.
0: How big do you think the smallest turtle in the world gets?
1: Oh. Five pounds. Oh, no. Uh, Your thumb. You're giving me a hint. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> How big? How big? Six inches. A uh, half it. Three inches.
0: Three Aww, inches. So you're baby. right. Yeah. Uh, My thumb's not quite that big. Maybe, maybe almost. Three inches is the adult size, six to eight centimeters. Only weighs about 100 to 150 grams. So tiny. And this is the speckled padloper tortoise. Cute. Question: Where? Hmm. <laughs> tortoise, not turtle. Yeah, yeah, tortoise. Uh,
1: tortoise. Africa.
0: Yeah, good job. Nice. Near your rhinos.
1: I just, yeah, totally. Yeah. I just totally guessed. I love it. Yes, in I South play, I should go Africa. play the lottery.
0: You should. You should. South Africa. And they say they're like, you know, so easy for predators to eat. So they hide in those little crevices of the rocks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought it was really cute because, you know, we, we've covered the biggest. Now that's the
1: smallest little tiny turtle. I know. Oh, wow. uh, baby turtles. Yeah. Stay tuned. We will be talking about baby turtles in Repro. So,
0: yes, we're getting there. We're getting there. Just a couple of things on physiology and then we'll turn Angie loose.
1: <laughs> a couple, a couple, yeah. A couple amazing things. These are, yes. I mean, will will we'll, for time's sake because i talk so much about christmas trees and saving sea turtles but they have some amazing physiological oh, facts
0: yeah. yeah now they they the life cycle or how long they live sea turtles basically have lives that lasts last the lifespan of a human yes. so 50 years or more. Some even say 80 years. They can live up to be 80 years old. Crush Mm -hmm. said he was over a hundred. So I don't know if that's (laughs) true in the movie, but they live a long time. They do Mm -hmm. live a long time. Now, this is cool. They migrate thousands of miles in their lifetime. Oh, yeah. It's not like they just hang out, hang out on the, off the coast of Florida, which is cool. It's fun, but sure. They go crazy distances.
1: Oh yeah, they really like to travel. Like I think I like to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really like to travel. The leatherback sea turtle uh-huh. can travel more than ten thousand yes. miles every year. That's insane. Man, think of those frequent flyer miles. Uh, Holy. Yeah, cow. That's that frequent swim miles. Like God, yeah. that is that well, is a heck d- of a swim. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is like we travel like a lot of miles, but we're in planes, trains or automobiles, but these guys are actually doing the work. A lot of times they are ride gliding and riding in the currents, but yes, their, their migration, uh, is just incredible. And somehow the females, which migrate for years and years and years and mm-hmm. years, know when it's time to come back to lay their eggs. They come back, most species come back to their natal beach. And so after, if you're a female leatherback sea turtle, you've been migrating 10,000 miles on average a year for decades. So 20, 30 years before you become sexually mature enough to lay your eggs and then you somehow remember where you were born and mm-hmm. go back to that beach to lay your eggs.
0: Which is nuts. You said that. And I was like, you know, you, you said instinctually, you know, they know where to go. I mean, they know how, I know we don't know yet, but how their brains either navigate by stars or they can detect the electro I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is amazing. Animals consistently especially in this podcast but when we research this stuff amaze me what they can do
1: mind blown chris i can't even remember where i know how to get to my (laughs) darn (laughs) (laughs) dentist office like that i went two years ago just kidding i go every (laughs) six months mom every six months i go to the dentist just like you taught me (laughs) but i mean yeah here they are knowing pinpointing the direct beach and 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 i don't mean just like oh i was hatched in florida i come I find Florida. I mean the exact 10 mile stretch of Florida where they were born.
0: Incredible. That's, that's, that's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's animals are amazing. They're just, they're just amazing. Now let me ask you this. Okay. If I'm going to swim 10,000 miles, how fast can I swim?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. 20 miles an hour. I don't know. Yeah, good. Man, um, you're on tonight,
0: Dr. Angie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They can burst at 22 miles an hour, okay. 35 kilometers per hour. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. But I,
0: generally they glide at like two miles an hour. <laughs> when yes. you saw them, they were gliding about you know, oh, three and a half kilometers per hour.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, that, that way I could just watch them and with my, my jaw hitting the floor with my scuba mask on and oh, water amazing. in my mouth, just being blown, oh. blown yeah. away.
0: Now, males and females don't have any specific names. They're just turtles. Babies are hatchlings, which mm-hmm. Angie's going to cover. Group is called, this was kind of weird, a bale. A bale of sea turtles.
1: How do you spell that?
0: B-A-L-E.
1: Okay, like a hay bale.
0: Yeah, huh. a bale of sea turtles. Or if I think they said a nest, but I think it's more of like the babies are a nest of sea turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So a couple, some factoids diving. This is the one that I just was like blown away again. I mean, you know, anybody that's listened to us, we talk about whales and, you know, we talked about walruses and uh, different species that live in the water. How do they dive and hold their breath? Cause we go down and we start dying after a minute, you know, or me oh, 30 yeah. seconds. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, how do they do it? So, sea turtles are cold blooded, so they have a very slow metabolic rate.
1: Do you know the word of the day? day?
0: Metabolic rate?
1: No. um, uh, What's
0: that one? Crepuscular? Whatever you said. uh, Ah, of course.
1: No. Most sea turtles are poikleotherms.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That's a big one. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Dr. Angie is here to. (laughs) Which basically just means just like the. Their their temperature is reg- regulated from the environment, not internally. Right, right, right. And. Except for the leatherback, interestingly enough. That, once mm-hmm. again, he's the little bit different guy on the evolutionary, mm-hmm. uh, tr- tree branch twig of, mm-hmm. uh, the sea turtle family. Uh, he is an endotherm because they can basically maintain a body temperature of eight degrees Celsius, which is typically mm-hmm. warmer than the ambient water. And I don't think researchers understand a lot about why they can do that or how, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is it does right. set them apart from the typical um, cold-blooded, basically, for lack of better words, right. um, sea turtles. Right, right.
0: So when we talk about metabolic rate think about it it's you know like think of a hummingbird that has got which we've got to do hummingbird at some point there you go there's on our list
1: yes yes
0: absolutely think about their think about their me- metabolic rate super fast right they're burning energy their
1: heart rate i don't know the quickly. factoid off the top of my head but the yeah, the, the, the yeah. beats per you know minute are minute yeah, are
0: incredible insane so they need a lot of oxygen to feed those cells because the cells are burning energy and they need the oxygen when you have a slow metabolic rate, you don't need as much oxygen. That's or why we breathe to get oxygen. That would be me. Yeah, energy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Now the Hawkspill, just give you some comparison, can die for 35 to 45 minutes. Green sea turtles can stay down as long as five hours.
1: How? This is nuts. That's incredible.
0: what? Their, their heart, listen to this. Their heart rate slows so slowly that there's a beat every nine minutes. That's like, it's almost crazy. like they just...
1: crazy. They're almost like yeah, frozen almost like, or... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hibernating. Yeah. It's... Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. So they, you know, during dives, their body shunts blood away from tissues mm-hmm. that uh, aren't tolerant of low oxygen. So it maintains oxygen to the heart, brain, and, and nervous system. Hmm. The leatherbacks do have more red blood cells. So they have more oxygen. So maybe that's a, a trick... And again, like whales, we talked about the, the oxygen binding myoglobin that their blood cells, you know, they have more of that in their blood. So they, can, they have more oxygen in their muscles.
1: Right. So right. yeah, when, yeah, they can store it or hold on to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So here you have these mammals that can dive deep and, and do that. And then you have these reptiles that dive deep and do that. So, so that's, that's the physiology behind some of that. Just incredible stuff. Now, real quick before we jump into behavior, diets vary by, by species, Mm -hmm. which is pretty nuts. Angie, what are leatherbacks like? What's their delicacy, (laughs) their food of choice? (laughs) Ah,
1: they're definitely a species after my own heart. That's for sure. They like jellyfish, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like, that's all they eat. It's their diet is mostly jellyfish and there's not a lot of, nutrients in an individual <laughs> jellyfish like what the heck they just well go around I'll tell chomping you what they're things. helping
1: control the jellyfish population which is mm-hmm. you got to love them for that because I don't know how I know I have been in the ocean and bumped into a jellyfish and it didn't go over so well um mm-hmm. they washed up on shore, So Shores or some of their the 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 leatherbacks are immune to their their poisons that they uh, the toxins they secrete. How? I don't know if researchers know fully. Uh, but once again, it's like, if we could learn more about that, maybe they could help us humans out with our, with our jellyfish stings. So pretty, pretty incredible. And, uh, and then we have, and that's what we're talking about why we care, um, ecological niches. I think that leatherback Mm -hmm. really fills that one by helping, helping us humans get less jellyfish stings.
0: Yeah, nobody likes jellyfish. They're beautiful, but yeah. Oh,
1: Uh, Xander loves jellyfish. Yeah. uh, I think he loves me. I'm an octopus fan myself, but I think he Uh. he loves the jellyfish even more. And, oh, Chris, that reminds me. We were watching an Octonauts episode, of Uh. course, the cartoon that my my boys love. And I think we do need to cover the immortal jellyfish sometime.
0: Yes, yes. That is on the list. That is definitely on the list because it lives forever. Because I was even – like on
1: this kid's cartoon, I was – their physiology. I'm like, what? I, I need and I I'm too busy to to I didn't have time in that in that moment to explore it. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll make Chris do half the research and we'll talk about <laughs> there,
0: it. There you go. Now the reason leatherbacks, just to finish them out, is because they have these really delicate, they call them scissor-like jaws, and they have to eat soft bodied animals. They cannot eat hard shell crabs or something like that because it will hurt their mouths. So that's why they love jellies. You know, who doesn't like jelly? I I love jelly on toast, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the other species vary. And like the loggerhead is carnivorous and they feed on shellfish. So they like those crabs and clams and mussels and other invertebrates. The olive ridley, you know, very similar. Crustaceans, mollusks, things like that. The Hawksbill, like sea sponges, the green turtles—the one you were talking about—very important for seagrass. Mm-hmm. So they're a herbivore, you know, or an omnivore. The flatback, you know, again, crabs, crustaceans, mussels. So, and
1: Chris, what I found really interesting about the green turtle was that its diet changes with age, kind of like mine, oh, I suppose, I, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, juveniles are omnivorous. But as they mature into adulthood, they become exclusive, exclusively herbivores. So exclusively the seagrass. So I just think that that's really interesting that they, they change. I don't know. I don't know if we've had another species that I can think of off the top of my head. That doesn't mean that they're not out there. So maybe our listeners that know a little bit more about wildlife nutrition. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think that's interesting that they go from, from being an omnivore to an herbivore throughout their lifetime.
0: I bet you. I bet you. Yeah, plus growth, you know, going through a lot of growth. Sure, like they. So they maybe need... more more nutrients. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's
1: a great hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wish somebody let's would test get... it. <laughs> I just say, who's going to give us money to test it, right?
0: The Sea Turtle <laughs> Agency, Leonardo in Georgia. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo, Where are yeah.
1: you? I know you gotta love sea yeah. tur- turtles, buddy. I know you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk some behavior. I mean, we talked about migration. The, the able, the ability to locate that beach. So what are, are some of the, and we've talked about diving. What are some of the other cool things they do?
1: I think we, that's about all they do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. No, no. Uh, Moving on. Uh, well, I think there's some truth to be said that a lot of behavior and probably even time budgets are still probably underrepresentative. Because they're so hard to study, especially the ones that are, the sea turtles that are spending more time in coastal waters or eating the seabeds. That's, you can get more study time in on those guys. But, you know, when they're out in deep sea migrating, we don't know. What we do know is that they're generally solitary and they remain submerged for a lot of the time and much of their life is out at sea. In fact, a male this is pretty fascinating, Chris. A male is pretty much from the time it's a little hatchling baby on the beach, super cute, makes its way to the water. It pretty much stays in the water the rest of its life. Mm-hmm. And so the male and the female are going to rarely interact with each other outside of courtship and mating, which I'll touch on in, in, a, in a little bit. Now the Ridleys do come together sometimes in massive groups for nesting. And, they sometimes there are large numbers of turtles that will gather for feeding ground or during migrations but in general there's not a ton of behavior amongst them that's documented and so while the turtles solitary enjoying its peace in the ocean and just floating around uh, or swimming around they pretty much just feed and rest on and off throughout the day and when it is nesting season, the sea turtles will migrate hundreds or thousands of miles to basically get the females to get to their beach. And their migration patterns evolve a little bit as they age. And so juveniles are typically going to spend their early years eating and growing. That's probably when they're omnivores, right? For the, uh which one was that? The green turtle. Um, and then Basically, once they reach adulthood and and sexual maturity, that's when they might go to a new feeding ground and look for breeding mates. And when it's their time to mate and to nest, both males and females will leave this feeding ground and migrate um, to the nesting beach area where the courtship and mating will take place.
0: It was interesting thinking about, you know, you're talking about that courtship, and I'm sitting here thinking. You know, how does it know when she's in, I don't even tur- reptiles have estrus, but when she's receptive to mm-hmm. breeding. So, you know, I'm curious because there's, I mean, ugh, this is going to turn into a two-hour episode. There's so much <laughs> cool stuff to cover with them. Just, I know with the challenges, you know, they're facing around the world and, and reading papers about specific nesting sites, you know, in areas not only hit by like, say, hurricanes that just hit Florida, that ruined nesting sites for them. I know with climate change and the oceans getting rising, you know sea rise, we're losing nesting sites in certain islands in the South Pacific. I just you know repro wise what you know I guess how do they find each other mate all that stuff like it's just it's so critical to them,
1: well, Chris, I think you asked a million dollar question that maybe somebody like Leonardo would want to fund <laughs> uh i um I don't know if researchers really know. Uh, except for, you know, instinctually, like going back to kind of the breeding grounds and then I, and then hoping that they, you know, bump into a receptive female because you, you hit the nail right on the head. The female, they probably don't know a ton about her cycle, but we do know that there's a limited window where she is receptive and that's going to be prior. Of course, that's before she nests and and they've documented mating courtship behaviors such as n- uh, the male nuzzling the female's head or gently biting the back of her neck with his rear f- rear flippers but other than that there's still i think of a lot of unknowns uh a female will mate with several males prior to nesting and the other trick of it is that she can store sperm well a lot of reptiles wow. can do
0: right right
1: so she can store sperm I guess it then will maybe give her the ample amount of time to get back to her natal beach where she was born and or gather more nutrients if depending on what, if how how great how good or bad her nutrition has been. Uh, and I think a lot of the with sperm storage species that do that, we we still don't know a lot of the mechanisms that trigger when it is time they store the sperm. So when is it time for the animal then to ovulate or I don't, I couldn't find, that doesn't mean it's not, that doesn't mean it's not out there, but I don't know if she's um, like, an, you know, an, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know if she's an induced ovulator. I don't think it's anything like that. No, um, no,
0: no, no, no. I, I do remember, okay. <clears throat> certain reptiles can store sperm up to five years. Correct. I know that. And, we know from, you know, reproductive physiology, sperm cells will bind, like, especially, you know, this is in, in humans and other mammals, probably very similar mechanisms and even insects possibly, cause they store sperm for a long time too, that the, the sperm will actually bind to the cells within the female reproductive tract in yeah, they mammals, da- on the, the oviducts.
1: Fall- yeah, they dock, dock yeah. on the fallopian tube mm-hmm. and hang out, yeah, and
0: they get nutrients that way, so mm-hmm. they're they're nourished and kept alive
1: mm-hmm. that
0: way. And then there's a chemical signal during ovulation that they go whoa, and then they go through what we know, capacitation. They go hyperactive right. and mm-hmm. look search for that egg, and you know we're all one in a five hundred million. We won lottery. Um, very similar to to them too. So, yes, yeah, probably something like that. It would be interesting to get a reptile expert that right, uh, deals but with she's repro. right, but she's
1: re- but how is she receptive before then? So there must she must be some kind of estrus or estrogen mechanism, yeah, behavior, her, and, yeah, behavior helping her be receptive even though she quote unquote hasn't ovulated yet.
0: Well, this is, I mean, this even goes back to Jonathan. Like I said, it's going to turn into a two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Going into Jonathan's stuff, when he was doing early in his PhD, we're sitting there in a committee meeting and we're talking about, you know, he's trying to figure out one of the things he he had a question about, which is a great question, is how do manatees, male manatees, know when the female's in heat? Mm-hmm. And then they form this, it's insane, he showed this video Of a female manatee being chased by like eight male manatees to breed with her. She's she's like running away, like, leave me alone. And all these male manatees like, hey, baby. And, but how do they know? And so we were like, "Ah, you know, it can't be by smell. Because the ocean is well, so huge.
1: Well, well, that's right. Well, what about a chemical pheromone? Not, it wouldn't be that's wouldn't I smell, thought. but maybe like a taste or something? I don't know.
0: No, I, I'm thinking behavior. It's got to be behavior or there's got to be vocalizations or something. There's got to be something that's triggering. So in aquatic, you know, I'm sure in whales, you know, the, the, they're, we've covered them and their song travels, you know, hundreds of kilometers that they've got it they've got to we've we've got to find somebody we've got to find some of these other repro experts that would blow us away with their knowledge
1: yeah or 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 maybe they don't know like I said they're hard to they can be hard to study i I'm not sure okay. but I do think we you know be helpful helpful to know that's for sure um because right. especially if we're gonna try to attempt to save. Save them, and the next in the years coming, uh, it helps if we know more about yeah why, why, and when. Um,
0: I mean, I could. I mean, you, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. I mean, I, I would guess, I would guess it's behavior based, but I could I, see in a gathering, a female in her urine or I, or she poops in the water.
1: There's a I chemical. Think it's chemical based. Yeah. I, and yeah. I don't know how to prove that. Well, yeah, you know, I don't, I'd have to think of experimental design, but I just.
0: No, I mean, they could be feeding and then all of a sudden, oh my God, she's in, you know, there's estrogen. We know estrogen in mammals yeah, and that there I could just be some yeah. smell in the water.
1: I mean, there are courtship behaviors documented. So I, I mean, so may, yeah, maybe, or it could be a little bit of both. Maybe I'm not sure. Um,
0: yeah, I don't hmm. know. I don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to find out.
1: But what researchers do know, which is very important for this podcast, uh, one of my take-home messages, is with their life cycle, with these the females and males in general, it takes decades, as we already mentioned, for them to reach sexual maturity. And they have to migrate to thousands of miles to reach breeding sites. And Chris, I really want to highlight, too, that with these sea turtles – that it takes decades, 10, 20 years, researchers do know this, for them to reach sexual maturity, for them to reproduce. So their life cycle is, I mean, very slow. The turnover Mm -hmm. rate is very low, and their mortality rate is crazy high, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. And so once a female has been bred and she stores a sperm and she decides it's time to lay her eggs, She will typically crawl out of the ocean at nighttime. And so once a female is receptive, courtship behaviors happen and she stores her sperm and then it's time for her to nest whenever she, her body, like we said, we don't know the mechanism that basically triggers her to actually start growing um, or producing, mass producing these eggs But when she, her, she knows when the time is right, she goes back to her natal beach and usually at nighttime, the female will crawl out of the ocean, um, except for the kemps. The kemps will actually, uh, crawl out and build her nest during the day. But most of the species of sea turtles build them at nighttime and they find suitable sand and they basically dig and create this nest. So they use her hind flippers and she digs a circular hole about 40 to 50 centimeters deep. And then she'll, she basically uses her hind flipper too to kind of scoop out a deeper part of the hole. And she'll lay her clutch of eggs. And this can be anywhere from 50 to 350 eggs, depending on the species. And she'll then cover the nest, fill the nest with sand. And basically sculpt it and smooth it over, make it all pat, pat it nice. And this whole process takes 30 to 60 minutes and she goes off into the ocean and leaves her eggs unattended, which is an evolutionary strategy, um, that, you know, may, it evolved the way it did for a reason, um, but it does leave those eggs obviously vulnerable, um, And incubation takes about 60 days, depending on the species and and the the temperature of the sand. Now a female will lay one to eight clutches in a single season, depending on obviously uh, male counterparts and nutrient resources and all of that. Um, So theoretically there's multiple shots to have clutches out there. And What's really fascinating, I believe we touched on this in uh in Snapping Turtle, maybe, or sometime. Maybe or I, or I dreamt this. <laughs> so many pods I can't remember. But sea turtles have temperature dependent sex determination. And no, this it was, is, it was
0: definitely. It was definitely because we were talking about global climate change.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. this is really mm. gonna mean something here, I think, in the years to come. Because basically what that means is those eggs that are incubating in the sand and growing, like if you think of a chicken egg, right? Growing from yolk into a fetus and are into an embryo, into a fetus and developing, developing. Um, the sex is going to depend on the temperature of the sand that they're incubating in. And so warmer temperatures will produce females, where cooler temperatures produce males. And this has been scientifically, experimentally, evidence proven time and time again. Researchers don't know exactly how, they do know that several species of, of turtles are starting to skew more towards females, but they don't know how bad. And of course, this is kind of a new, new, newer research. And so we need, you know, scientists love data. So they want more and more data to back up their numbers just, just to see, um, and then trying to figure out how to counter that one. Because as much as I'm all about girl power, let alone girl turtle power, <laughs> even cool. Uh, you know, you do need a few guys, right? I You don't need a you lot. Know, you don't need a lot. No, just kidding. I was <laughs> I mean, was
0: listening to you and I'm like, those poor girls, man? <laughs> They just you guys do it all. You do it all.
1: Oh oh yeah, oh yeah. Laying all those eggs, a couple different clutches, swimming all over the place. Yeah. And with the hatchlings, also known as cute baby sea turtles, (laughs) um, they, you know, they're on their own. They're not like baby alligators. Their mama helps them get out, break, you know, break out of their nest. But baby sea turtles are all alone and they use a temporary, it's called a sharp egg tooth, called a caruncle. And it's an extension of their upper jaw that falls off after birth, but they use that to help break the egg open. And then they have to skedaddle to the ocean pretty quickly or they die of dehydration or they're caught by predators like birds and Mm -hmm. crabs. And then once in the water, they swim for several miles uh, offshore where they basically are then caught in the currents and the seaweed that might carry them around for a long time before they return to like the near water's edge. Now with these cute baby hatchling sea turtles, the numbers are pretty bleak as far as survival rate. And it makes sense because they've got a long haul. I mean, their moms just, you know, their moms aren't there to protect them once large, you know, they don't, she doesn't protect the incubating eggs um, from predators and she doesn't protect them going into the ocean. And then they're, they're obviously pretty tiny and maybe might make a tasty treat for a lot of the ocean predators. And so the number, Chris, the staggering number is one in 1,000 survive that 20 or 30 year range to become a breeding adult.
0: That is, yeah, they, they uphill climb. I mean, they've, they've evolved that way and have been very successful, but now that you introduce all of these pressures, not just climate change, and we're going to get to the threats here in a second, but yeah, like that's why people are freaking out. The scientists are freaking out. I mean, you know, a lot of these animals we cover are, there's, there's one thing or the other, but sea turtles again are a barometer species, of the health of the oceans and they're plummeting. So we know other species are plummeting, right? And I guess that's a good segue into conservation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, really the numbers are, uh, pretty, pretty bleak in the fact that of the seven species of sea turtles six are either threatened or endangered
0: right right yeah the the loggerhead is endangered the green turtle is endangered the hawksbill is critically endangered kemp's ridley critically endangered olive ridley vulnerable flatback's the only one we don't have data on the leatherback is listed as vulnerable, but I, I wanted to highlight a couple of the subpopulations, and this is IUCN. The East Pacific Ocean subpopulation, so this is Mexico to Ecuador, they're critically endangered. There's only 633 adults Oof. in that population. That's, yeah. Okay. That's the estimate. The Southwest Atlantic Ocean subpopulation from brazil to africa so they go they migrate from brazil to africa across the atlantic they're estimating only 35 adults oh
1: so yeah
0: now the west pacific they're critically endangered but there's only 1400 adults so yeah the the leatherback they're they're facing uh you know dire straits so a You know, all of them, basically. I'm sure the flatback is right there with them. I mean, they just don't have the data on them yet. Now, some of the threats, this really surprised me, the shell trade. United States, don't ever, 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 ever buy anything sea turtle, ever. Like, please don't. Because that is little trinkets and different things with turtle shell. It's just, that is one of their major threats egg collection around the world. People collect them to eat and then meet adult turtles or, you know, juvenile turtles for, for meat. obviously habitat destruction. So nesting sites, feeding sites, you know, it, it, these, there's been a, I know in this, in the, the Southeast United States, there's been a lot to try to protect them. I know they're in Florida. Oh there's yeah. Been a lot like during breeding
1: them. and nesting season, yeah. uh, the hotels along I've stayed and at least one or two of them in, mm-hmm. um, on the East coast put a lot of signage, a lot of education, a lot of conservation stuff yeah. up as far and, and have us, they encourage you to, to turn your lights off. So yes. therefore the turtles don't get mixed up with which way they're going. Yeah. And for when they do hatch. And so I, because they are so well loved, uh, at least here in the U.S., I know there has been a big push to try to reduce our human influence on them, which is, near impossible of course but hey you got to try and like i said these you know the east coast definitely in my experience i was really really impressed with uh, their signage and their education and it's not perfect but it's trying and that's that, that yeah, gives me right. hope, right? Like, I mean, compared to 10 years ago. Exactly. I mean, a decade Chris, ago, right. you didn't see that. Exactly. Stuff. Right. And, and yeah. so the more that we can educate people in general that live in these coastal areas or that are visiting, uh, to be respectful. And, and I think also too, the, the economies in the area will flourish if they, you know, if they can basically, uh, help educate people, make people happy and then also mm-hmm. save the sea turtles.
0: And some of the other stuff is, you know, habitat destruction of the nests and feeding sites. We've hit on this marine debris, nets, straws, plastics, then pollution. You know, ocean pollution is is a big one. That big garbage patch in middle of the Pacific. So there's a, you know, there's a a lot uh going on for them. But <laughs> this one, again, this will be an hour on itself. There are some really, really good sea turtle organizations out oh, there. There's some there are so ones. many.
1: I just... I highly recommend getting either on Facebook or on the internet uh, or just just looking around. Um, there's a fair amount of them. Like I said, kind of this boom that started out of Costa Rica, making it a little bit more trendy and popular. Uh the organization that I want to highlight today is one of the best uh nonprofits out there. Uh, not only for sea turtles, but just in general, they're um they've basically been helping sea turtles since 1959. And they're called the sea turtle conservancy and they can be found. And of course on Facebook, just search sea turtle conservancy and Chris will put the links on our show notes, but they can also be found at www.conserveturtles.org. And, their programs include a ton of research, of um, course, in Tortuguero, Costa Rica, Panama, F- Florida locally here, B- Bermuda, tracking s- sea turtles all across the globe. Um, and they work with education, which we know is huge. Policy, okay? I mean, we all know that oh yeah, I've got to put the laws in place to have people abide by either anti-poaching and anti-hunting and these kinds of things. They work with beachfront lighting, as we had touched on before, and they have great this amazing pro- program called their Turtle Tracker, where they can they have tracking projects, active turtles, archived turtles, help basically help you get involved. Um, they let you know actions you can take, how to. Oh, this is a good website for us. How to reduce your plastic waste? I wonder if their uh, don't wrap your Christmas tree item. Is up there, yeah. yeah, I should tell. I'll write him a little letter. Um, (laughs) But they have just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful website, and a lot of they have a lot of support groups and staff, and and they, you know, they're huge. They have been, like I said, donating their time and money and energy into research and 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 learning about these animals. I think a lot of what we know about their behavior and research comes from groups like this one. So, yes check out the show notes, like them on Facebook. You'll get amazing, beautiful pictures of sea turtles um, on your Facebook feed, which would make, I think, everybody happy, including myself. And so yeah, the Sea Turtle Conservancy. Please check them out, like them on Facebook. Uh, they have amazing products. Like, If you're a sea turtle fan, you can buy a sea turtle t-shirt or a sea turtle coffee cup mug which might be actually a great present for John now that I'm thinking about that. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> well, that and the trees, you're going to buy them, right? We're going to come back yes. to Florida. You're going to have like 50 trees in your front yard.
1: <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I, I got to get that avocado tree going. Right.
0: Well, you know, so conservation tips and I'm, and I'm trying to make this simpler. Cause in the beginning, it was, I think it was grand, had a lot of grand ideas. So for this one, just simple, Stop using plastic straws, period. The end. Be done. We've said it before. I'm going to dedicate this one this week to sea turtles. There just was in the news a few weeks ago of a sea turtle having a straw in its nose, and they they pulled it out. Uh, do not use plastic straws. What you can use and what I'm going to help everybody with is you can either buy the aluminum straws that you can clean – Bring with you everywhere, like Angie does. I keep,
1: keep them in my purse, absolutely, yep. and in my car.
0: Or paper straws. You can buy paper straws. You're starting to see those now. And mm-hmm. it's, like I said, we gotta plant more trees. It's easier to recycle them. If they get in the oceans, they dissolve. So paper straws are safer for sea life. I'm going to put links, now I'll use Amazon. And it's from the U S. So from your home country, cause I know we have listeners like Joanne in South Africa and Hi, Joanne. And others. Again. Thank yeah. you.
1: Great suggestion.
0: Jesse and Bryn down there in New Zealand. I mean, we got friends everywhere. Use, you know, you can use Amazon or anywhere in your country and buy a bunch of paper straws or these aluminum straws. It, it's catching yeah, on. And send,
1: it, send us a picture of you sipping out of it and we'll, yes. we'll, we'll put it on Facebook. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jesse and we'll will give you a shout message. out. Yeah.
1: Well, a shout because- out with Save a Sea Turtle. And same thing. Just trust me, it's even even me who obviously loves to talk, I sometimes just forget to not ask for plastic. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting it in my lingo and my and just by saying and just opening up that dialogue with your your food servers in the food industry or in um stores, your clerks. I I worked at the stores for a lot of my life and definitely as a server and they want to be hip to the scene. And so I think mm-hmm. if you just say fun stuff like save a sea turtle. Like Chris said, with this being in the media more so people are going to get it and you're going to get some cool points. And I think we need to start, uh, Revolution,
0: yes, yes, and just you know, and I when I'm out at restaurants, I'm like, no, I don't need a straw, thank you. I can drink from a glass just fine. Yeah, yeah don't don't need it, don't need or it. Or we so. take
1: when you get takeout, you don't need yeah. plastic silverwares and spoons yeah. and all of that. It's just gonna end up in the garbage or we just in need the to go ocean, back to, right. Eat, eat with our
0: fingers. So just go back to eat with our fingers. <laughs> My boys wives. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're <I> <laughs>
1: they're proud about it. Yes.
0: <laughs> all right, so we said in the beginning, sea turtles cry, and it's true they do cry now it's not due to sadness it's more of a phys- the final thing on physiology with them and there's so many cool things physiology wise but the reason they secrete tears is it's basically salt secretion mm-hmm. so they don't need fresh water they they get enough water from their diet and the seawater they metabolize but like seabirds and other reptiles they have this special gland In their eyes that get rid of excess salt. So it looks like they're crying, but really it's just them of getting rid of that excess salt. And then also like the females, when they come on the beach, it keeps sand out of their eyes, right? So they, they, Mm -hmm. they kind of lubricate their eyes that way too. So that's why they're doing it. You know, we're Mm -hmm. crying them because we're sad and, you know, we want to save them, but for them, it's more of a physiological mechanism than anything to do with their, mental state i guess <laughs> you know
1: right but just just think it's have to do with their mental state so you want to save a sea turtle save a sea turtle yes. save a save sea a turtle say no to plastic
0: and send this podcast to a friend <laughs> that's what we're yes, asking yes so you to they do. can get
1: on a save the sea turtle train cuz it's yes. an amazing yes. train to be on uh, their physiology is incredible. They've been around for millions of years. They need to yeah. be around for millions more. Uh, so we can all have a chance to enjoy just their their grace and their beauty for years to come. Yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. All right. Save a sea turtle, sea turtle Angie.
1: That's right. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> you too, buddy. All
0: right. Talk to you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Listen. Learn. Share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.